What companies deserve your hard-earned dollar? Which would you want to work for? How can you know if they share your values? Just ask us. Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks who really means business in supporting workers, customers, communities, the environment, and shareholders. We measure progress, track success, and help them be better. When you see the Just Capital seal, you know what's real because just business is better business. Visit justcapital.com to learn who makes your dollar count. Chris Crock Show, News Talk 820 WBAP, and now on FM at 93.3. And it appears the border bill is doomed. It looks doomed, the Wall Street Journal says tonight. And this is all happening. I mean, this was at 9-something p.m. Central, so that would have been in the past hour or two. Uh, the border bill looks doomed as uh, GOP senators criticize the deal. Um, a couple of comments on this we have. Uh, the journal saying that a, a collapse of the deal wouldn't only set back efforts to secure the border, but also, excuse me, could force uh, lawmakers to find an alternative way to pass the foreign aid position, uh, provisions, which they will. It's dead, says uh, Senator Roger Wicker from Mississippi. And uh, Mitch McConnell said the members that have come out and said, no, it's hard to overcome that. So uh, I have a few more things that Speaker Johnson said they this they, they riddled the, the Senate bill is riddled with loopholes and any consideration of this Senate bill in its current form is a waste of time. It's dead. All caps on arrival in the House. Let me play some audio from Fox News tonight. Uh, let's see here. We got on the border bill. Here's uh, we got a few different ones. Here is uh, Speaker Johnson. Then we're going to hear from Chip Roy from Texas, of course. We documented over 64 instances where the president himself and his agencies have used executive authority to create the current situation, to create the catastrophe. He could unwind those right now. The stroke of a pen. President Biden could fix this, but he does not want to do it. This is the least effective bill you could possibly put together. They know it's dead when it gets here. Democrats want this as cover for not actually doing their job. They want to be able to point to us and say, oh, they killed our great bill. But it's not a bill that the American people want because it won't work. It accepts the premise of mass migration. And here's more from Chuck uh, Chip Roy. These uh, provisions they put in there, uh, they're not going to do the job. In fact, they're going to have $4 billion to hire a bunch of uh, so-called asylum uh, officers who are going to rubber stamp a whole bunch of claims up to 5,000, which if you multiply that would be up to 1.8 million. That's exactly right. Uh, up to 5,000 illegals per day, which is 1.0 million illegals per year. That's not including Godaway. So it's a 2 million illegals per year invasion that's codified in law. No way. Here's our one of our DFW Congress folk, uh, Republican uh, Congresswoman Beth Van Dyne. I think Abbott is absolutely embarrassing the Biden administration. We've said all along that if you just enforce our laws, you will see this problem end. And in less than a month, you've seen less than you've seen seven. 76% less illegal immigrants coming to our Texas border as a direct result of the governor in that state enforcing our, our, our immigration laws. Amen. And Governor Abbott is saying that he's going to expand the border operation. It's not just something 
Um, continuing on here, let me go down where Abbott's comment is. Abbott says, we are here to send a loud and clear message. We are banding together to fight to ensure that we will be able to maintain our constitutional guarantee that states will be able to defend against any type of imminent danger. Um, and uh, DeSantis, we heard today, by the way, tonight on the uh, Chris Crock show in the news, that he, uh, while he wasn't present in Eagle Pass at this rally over the weekend, there were many other Republicans, uh, governors from other states that were there. Uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders from Arkansas, she's the governor, of course, there. Governor Bill Lee from Tennessee and others were there standing arm in arm. But DeSantis did announce today he's sending more of his guardsmen from Florida to our border, and uh, which is beautiful. Joe Biden has lost this thing and he's losing it, isn't he? Don't you agree that Joe Biden has absolutely lost and is losing this whole uh, war on um, on uh, the illegal invasion? And I have a, a great little poll I want to share with you that shows how how much we are uh, winning and on the uh, winning side of this and why we should not cut any deal because it'll only make them look good and make us lose, which really is why I get so angry about this, this uh, fake deal. Our number, by the way, is 800-288-WBAP is our number, 800-288-9227. I want to hear from you right now uh, at 800-288-WBAP. Do you want Republicans to push this bill through? It hasn't officially died, but it looks horrible is what we're hearing. It's probably dead. Uh, but you got all the rhinos begging to let it finish. And do you think we should take this so-called bipartisan deal or should we reject it? And how about Chuck Schumer threatening us that he's gonna, we're going to go to war <laughs> with Russia if we don't pass this bill? And what would work for you on the border deal? 800-288-WBAP, 800-288-9227. I wanted to share a little bit more with you. This whole uh, invasion is working to our advantage, not to Joe Biden's advantage, which is why the bill should be dead on arrival anyways. 61% of voters, brand new vote uh, poll from Bloomberg and Morning Consult, uh, six of the seven swing states say that uh, immigration is the single most important issue. 61% say Biden's at least somewhat responsible for the wave of illegals coming into our country. Voters in those states say Trump over Biden on immigration, 52 to 30, a 22-point advantage for Trump in the, the swing states, guys. Up five points since December. Arizona, Nevada, Georgia, North Carolina, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, Michigan are the seven states featured in this poll. Asked if they would vote, which way they would vote in this election if it would held today. On a one-on-one matchup, Trump Trump versus Biden, 48 Trump, 42 Biden, six-point advantage Trump. Economy is uh, is uh, the second most important. 51% Trump tr- uh, trust Trump, only 33% for Biden. So that, again, is a, gosh, what is that, 18-point advantage? Dang. Only 29% of voters say the economy is in the right direction. So, I mean, we're winning. Why would we want to rush to, to pass an amnesty bill? No, thank you. Period. All right, I want to get to something else as well tonight. And that is... Parents are paying their grown-up kids' bills. They're rating their retirement uh, savings, and they're paying their kids own their grown-up kids' bills. This is from uh, USA Today. The economy is different now. Parents pay grown-ups' kids' bills with retirement savings. So uh, they're saying the kids can't afford it anymore. They got college costs, student loan debt, housing prices have soared. So I want to ask you about this. 
I want to ask you a few questions. What What do you want? I want to ask you this. Do you pay for your grown-up kids' bills? And, you know, how much do you pay towards your grown-up kids' bills? Do you pay their bills? And where do you think it's okay to help them and how much? When's the time right to cut our kids off and make them pay all of their own bills? This is very interesting because this is on the um, horizon for me. My son is 20. He's a college student. Goes to one of our universities here in North Texas, and heading into his junior year uh, right around now. He's in it actually, I'd say. Um, and uh, he is budgeting out. He is budgeting out how he will be able to afford living on his own when he's married uh, with his girlfriend. He's been dating for over four years now, and we've always asked him, "Can you at least wait till you graduate college, please?" Um. But uh, it's all moving in that direction. And here's the thing. For me, all right, when, I, when I come back, I'm going to tell you how I'm doing it. But I want to ask you, too, with this story today where parents are using retirement savings to help their adult children out financially, which is wrong, wrong, wrong. You should never raid your own uh, retirement to buy something for you to pay for your kid's life, lifestyle or living. There's a balance, though. When do you kick them out of the house? What do you pay for them, et cetera? So I want to hear from you on that at 800-288-WBAP, 800-288-9227. I'm going to give you more details of the story, what the statistics are, and what I do, what I plan to do with my young man. Uh, 800-288-WBAP, Chris Crock Show, News Talk, 820-WBAP, and now on FM at 93.3. Well, parents use retirement savings to help adult children financially, says USA Today. Some of the highlights, uh, this is from the Pew uh, survey, by the way, Pew Research. Uh, Three-fifths of parents with adult children give them financial help in the past year. Gave them at some point in some way financial help. Half of under 30 adults live with their parents. They're marrying later. They're waiting longer to have kids. It's now termed, quote, emerging adulthood. Are we, have we really become that? Um, I mean, dude, we're, we're literally like losing our identity as individual, rugged, um, individualist, rugged Americans, and we're becoming dependent on the state and, be, and on our parents. We're raising wimps. Coming up next, we're going to be also talking about how um, all, like over 90% of business owners say colleges are giving students unrealistic expectations for life after graduation. So they're like, they're not prepared to work. They're not working hard. They're expecting all sorts of stuff and all sorts of higher pay that they're not getting, and they're freaking out. Everything seems to be falling apart. Not with everybody, because we all know good kids or have good kids where that's not the case. But here's the questions I have for you on this before I give you more details on it. Do you pay your own grown-up kids' bills? Like your grown-up kid, 30-something or older, that kind of a thing, or late 20s. Do you pay your, your grown-up kids' bills? And where do you think it's okay to help them and how much? And when's the right time to cut your kids off and make sure that they, and make them pay their own bills? 800-288-WBAP is our number, 800-288-9227. I want to hear from you right now at 800-288-WBAP. Um, three-fifths of children give their, of adult children, three-fifths of parents, give them financial help this past year. Half of under 30s live with their parents. They're waiting longer to marry and uh, longer to have kids. Some of it, 
is termed emerging adulthood, as I mentioned to you. But here, they say they can't afford stuff like college costs, student debt loans, housing prices, inflation, interest rates. And you can understand how difficult it is. My son is saying out loud how difficult it's going to be. And like, how can I do this? And he's budgeting and he's looking at things. He's he's looked up. To, this is what, look, look at this. He is 20 and he, he ain't going to be moving out till probably at least graduation of of, of, of high of, of college. Um, it might even be six months later based on how it goes. He might stay at home and save up some money. I don't know if how that's going to fully flesh out. But he did the numbers. And when he, he literally sat down with me this weekend and he said to me, can you help me go over expenses? Why? Because he's going to ask permission to for, uh, to her of his girlfriend's dad to take if he can take his hand in marriage, which he did. And the father was totally good about it. He's like, we love you as part of the family already. So and we're on board with it, too. So it's going to happen. It's just a matter of when. But before that, he wanted to be able to be be able to answer everything to the, his uh, future father, uh, father-in-law. Um, incurring, including like, how are you going to pay for my daughter and you to live? How are you going to afford this? So he came to me and I helped him. He didn't need my help till, till the very end to go over stuff. Like, what about apartments? What about groceries? What's the accurate numbers? And he gave, I gave them to him and he crunched the numbers. He knows what he needs to do. So to me, that's responsibility. And by the way, we... At this point, while he's a full-time student, I pay for his college, um, not his college tuition, but I help pay with some of his college expenses. I pay for his, I mean to say, I pay for his uh, uh, half of his auto insurance. I pay his phone bill. If he buys a new phone, there'll be payments on that. He pay, he's paying for that. I ain't paying for any upgrades. So my, my daughter got an upgrade. She's 17 and she's paying for it. You know, I don't care as long as I don't pay any more money, but I don't mind paying their phone bills as long as they're living at home. But when he leaves the house, that's when he's all on his own. I'm not going to pay his car insurance anymore. Right now, I split it in half with him. Uh, I'm not going to pay his phone bill. The only thing he'll have, because as long as he's a dependent, whatever, like uh, insurance, I, I think that's where you're covered up till 26 now. He'll be on my insurance until then. I have no problem with that. If he gets his own full-time job, he'll be off my insurance. I'm sure of that. So, do you pay for your grown-up's kids' bills? And where do you think it's okay to help them and how much? And when's the right time to cut off our kids and make them pay all on their own bills? To me, it's when you leave the house. That's it. When you leave the house, you're on your own. If you're here, I like my mom's rules that she had for me. If you're living here, you're either going to work full time or go to school full time. And I agree with that 110%. They're calling it snowplow parenting, where you say, let's move everything out of the way so you can, you can be okay. I think that's horrible. 28% of adults ages 18 to 34 get help with groceries, utilities. 25% get help with a cell phone bill or st- streaming subscriptions. Dude, you're going to pay your kids streaming and they don't live at, live at your house? Well, you got to make sure they're sitting enjoying their life there. Paying your rent or mortgage, 17% say they do that. Medical expenses, I'm not going to pay his medical expenses but I, when, he, when he moves out of the house, but he could be on my insurance. Yeah, I believe that's the law as long as he's uh, under 26 or whatever. Uh, 11% with education expenses, we help where we can. Uh, the one man told a father of his 30-something daughters, you're on your own, kiddo. But yet he still pays for their cell phone bill. 
and some of the streaming services and covers their airfare, hotel bills for a family vacation. Look, if you if the parents want them to go on a family vacation, I don't mind them helping out with paying for it if they, if they want it, if they're the ones initiating it and they want to. Um, he lent money to his oldest daughter, but it was a loan, not a gift. Anyways, I think once they're out of the house is when you cut them off. What do you think? 800-288-WBAP is our number, 800-288-9227. And as long as they're at home, they have to work full-time or go to school full-time. How are you on that? What's your position on that? 800-288-WBAP. Chime in right now. Uh, I want to also get into, speaking of the dependency and parents taking care of their kids and, you know, becoming wimps nowadays, 91% of small businesses say that college are giving students unrealistic expectations, colleges, for life after graduation. Brand new survey. And what's amazing, uh, which you'll, you'll hear about coming up next, is how many of these kids are complaining. They're angry. They don't get paid more money. They're not working nearly as hard. They won't work longer hours. They expect everything to be so awesome. Particularly, they said the DEI stuff has really messed up their minds. They think they're entitled to so much now. Isn't that amazing? So I want to hear from you on that. I want to hear how bad are recent graduates' demands at work nowadays? What are you seeing at your workplace? Are they demanding way too much? And what kind of things do you see these newer folk that are new out of college complaining about or refusing to do? Because they're saying they're not, they're not doing all these chores, or not chores, but some of these duties they think are beneath them. They don't want to do them. And do you see recent graduates at your workplace expecting their DEI score to carry them through at the job? Instead of being it being hard work, respect, and humility. And do you blame their colleges or do you blame something or someone else? We were going to get into that. Lines wide open for you at 800-288-WBAP, 800-288-9227. Chris Crock Show on News Talk 820 WBAP and now on FM at 93.3. This is pretty interesting. Uh, 91% of small business owners say that in a new uh, survey... Now, they surveyed 70,000 small businesses. This uh, Freedom Economy Index. And they found that 91% of small business owners that were polled find that uh, educational institutions are fostering unrealistic expectations among students regarding their post-graduation professional life. Salary levels are uh, the complaints from these uh, young and out of college, young folk out of college. Every week, Michael Rosenbaum is getting deep with someone new on the Inside of You podcast. Let's get inside of Shelly Hennick. So Obliterated's on Netflix. Mm -hmm. I had the best time. It was challenging, but it was like the show. It doesn't always happen. Everybody's trying to make a show and you're not. This was a dream. It's no fun. Genuinely. And if it wasn't, I would just keep my mouth shut and talk about something else. Like it was. Hey, it was fine because I've done that. I've asked people and they're like, you know. Yeah. Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum, wherever you listen. Calorie levels. Movies, TV shows, books, podcasts, and more. It's what women binge with Melissa Joan Hart and her friend Amanda Lee. We have Lauren Bosworth with us. Yay! The Hills. So what is like your number one question from fans? The primary question I still get asked was, what, is it real? (laughs) (laughs) In 2024, to me, is a surprising question to get because I feel like everybody has been through the reality TV gauntlet at this point. What women binge wherever you listen. The amount of work hours required, difficulty of work to be performed among the top three challenges. 
63% say that of these business owners, these 70,000 business owners, say unrealistic expectations on salary levels. 62% say graduates have a hard time adjusting to the work hours required for the job. 50% of the graduates have the wrong expectations about difficulty of work to be performed. No actual job training is what they're saying. They come in with mountains of debt and no experience. Well, it sounds about right for college, uh, no experience. That's why you're there, right? Of course, if you have uh, have done some internships, you probably should know something, uh, have, have, have learned something. Uh, they have uh, the inability to work independently, constant need for validation, unrealistic expectations. These people come out of college more worried about their DEI score than actually being the functional part of society. So there it is. Um, what do you uh, see at your workplace? How bad, in your opinion, are recent graduates' demands at work nowadays? Uh, what kind of things do you see them complaining about or refusing to do at your workplace? These recent college grads. And do you see recent graduates at your workplace expecting their DEI score to carry them through the job? Instead of it being hard work, humility, and respect? And do you blame their colleges or something else? Well, I don't know what their colleges are saying, and maybe that is part of the problem. I, I don't tend to think it is. I'll tell you what my college taught me. It was actually... Uh, the way my college taught us, at least the, some of the professors in the broadcast department and stuff, they were like, you're never going to make any money. You're going to be miserable. Oh, it sucks. And, you know, most of them worked in it for like, you know, whatever, small amount of time for two to five years and then went into teaching, which means they apparently didn't succeed. So they were too pessimistic when I was in college in 1995 when I graduated. They were too much like, your life's going to suck. It's miserable. Well, I know one guy. Um, uh, one of my friends, he's black. He's from the south side of Chicago in a, in a neighborhood that, that definitely is uh, much uh, lower income than where I grew up. And I know because I went to his house. We went out. We hung out during uh, breaks and such. He's done extremely well. He's a cameraman for uh, – he's been at almost every, all the major TV stations there in Chicago, and he's done very well. And I couldn't be happier for him, you know, and I love him very much. He's done it. I've done very well. A lot of people have. It's just a matter of, yeah, those first several years, they, the first five, ten years are really rough. It just is. But that's because a lot of people want to get into it or think they'd be great. And, and so you see the people that – you see people after two years, three years, four years say, I'm getting out of this. And, you know, when I was young and, and stupid and uh, hyper-competitive, I used to be like, yeah, they can't handle it. And it's like, well, no, that's just – that's not what they want to do. They don't want to deal with it. That's fine. But don't stay at the place and complain. About your life is miserable, they're asking too much, blah, blah, blah. Look and move if you don't like it. What kind of stuff are you seeing at your workplace? Are you seeing um, recent grads demanding uh, their demands at work being unrealistic? Are they, do they have any demands? Um, what kind of things do you see them complaining about or refusing to do? And do you see recent graduates at your workplace expecting their DEI score to carry them through with the job instead of bringing hard work, humility, and respects? Um, and then do you blame your, their colleges or something else? 800-288-WBAP is our number, 800-288-9227. Um, <clears throat> this is kind of funny. No actual job training, they say. Well, that's what you're supposed to do with an internship, dude. And, but you should know... 
the basics. I mean, if you just are a yes, yes man or yes woman and you work your butt off and you don't complain, that's what we're expecting out of, out of, out of college for you. And if you have a mountain of debt, that's your problem. I mean, you did that. It's not their problem. You know, maybe you got to change your line of work to whatever will pay you the most if you're not able to pay your bills. I, I you know, but the, but don't put yourself in that situation. Um, that's funny. They worry more, more about the DEI score than their hard work or their you know what they're doing. Um, half of those who responded to the survey also say they have concerns about the alignment of diploma, the diploma subject matter with the real uh, world business needs. If, if you're coming from some of these schools that allow you to um, fail up because of your DEI score, well then you're going to be, you're going to, you have a, you have a, a not, you, you have not a pleasant future ahead of you because the real world doesn't do that crap. They, they don't put up with it. So at some point these folks have to have their, you know, what's handed to them. Uh, progressives, um, conservative students on college campuses are marginalized, threatened, silenced. Uh, this article says from campus reform, uh, threatened, silenced by threatening students, etc. Uh, progressives would rather threaten you with violence, silence your conservative views, or call you out to be canceled. Um, anyways, I think that um, I do think that if you get your rump kissed and you get uh, carte blanche, well, then you're going to complain a lot. All right, did you see that uh, Joe Biden is now going after grocery stores for their high prices? So have you figured out how he works? He fails at bringing down inflation. He fails at bringing down grocery prices. In fact, they skyrocketed under uh, under him to the highest rate of inflation we've seen in, in from what I'm aware of, decades, 9.1% inflation. He brags when inflation, things are still going up, but it's not as much as before. He brags as if that's an achievement because the 9.1% inflation has never gone down. Like like that didn't we that didn't rewind itself. So that inflation has lowered, but it never those prices are staying the same. And then you're getting more inflation added on to that. And that's what's killing people. And on top of that, he's killing li- liquid natural gas. He's killing permits. He's delaying. I was reading more today about this. He is. Instead of allowing permits that have gone through, he's forcing uh, natural gas permitting to reapply for something they've already applied to for and have been approved and are waiting to drill. So like, he's turning around and saying, I know you were approved before, but it's been a few years and now you have to reapply for us to consider it. So do you understand he's literally taking gas projects, fo- fossil fuel projects, and is forcing the people that have already been approved to do it to drill to now reapply, and he's dragging it out. He's destroying us with our energy prices. He's destroying us with our wages uh, versus inflation. He's destroying us, I mean, with the cost of car insurance, cars, houses, um, insurance rates, you, you name it. So I'll ask you the question. I'll give you more details on the story coming up next. Do you think our grocery stores are responsible for the high prices, as Joe Biden claims, or is it just Joe Biden's policies that have caused groceries to skyrocket in price among most everything we need for our day-to-day lives?
And do you think bullying grocery stores is a good way to get grocery prices down? Or is there a better way? Hmm. Food, housing, insurance, interest rates, gas prices. is uh, It's everything, you know? Um... It's also, is it those industries' faults, too, that they're not that their prices are so high? The housing industry, the food industry, the insurance industry, interest rates, gas prices? Or is it or is Biden instead the common denominator to you? To me, it's Biden that's a, that's the common denominator. Everything's increased since he took office. Period. 800-288-WBAP is our number. 800-288-9227. Uh, I'm going to give you more details coming up next on Joe Biden attacking the supermarkets now for gouging us on prices when we all know it's Joe Biden's inflation. Isn't that everybody except for himself, he points to. And when they don't do what he wants, then he bullies them. He is a bully who is clueless on how economic policy works, how the world stage works. Behold, an incompetent senator who was given the job he wasn't qualified for. Blame everybody but himself and attack Everybody but himself. Literally, he's the last man standing. Oh, look how awesome I am. That's up next. 800-288-WBAP is our number. Chris Crock Show, News Talk 820-WBAP, and now on FM at 93.3. Well, who do you blame for groceries being so high? Joe Biden blames the greedy, greedy supermarkets. He says, Americans, we're tired of being played for suckers, and that's why we're going to keep these guys, keep on them, and get the prices down. See, this is how he literally claims to think that bullying grocery stores is how you get the prices down. Do you really think he believes that, or is he just trying to do something? Does it, He thinks we're this stupid? Recent polls shows 35% of adults... Uh, from the national economy, it's called the national economy good. That's an uptick from 30. There's still too many corporations in America ripping people off, he said. Gouging junk fees and greedflation, shrinkflation. It's all because of you. Uh, the Daily Mail says that uh, it remains unclear what the grocery store chains can do, <laughs> given the underlying factors. Yes. So what do you think? Um, do you think our grocery stores are responsible for the high prices or is it Joe Biden's policies that have caused groceries to skyrocket in price among everything we need for our day to day lives? Do you think bullying grocery stores is a good way to get grocery stores prices down or is there a better way? Food, housing, insurance, interest rates, gas prices, it's everything, you know, it and I know it. It's all those industries' faults, I guess, huh? That they're so high. Or is it Biden? Is he the common denominator here? 800-288-WBAP is our number. 800-288-9227. Jim in Magnolia, Mississippi. You're on News Talk 820 WBAP. And now on FM at 93.3. Hey, Jim. Hey, Chris. Uh, want to tell you that you were correct on that uh, latest thing he has done, uh, shutting down the... Well, actually, it was liquefied natural gas that we were sending to Europe, and he's trying to shut that down. And according to what I have heard, it was simply those right, I mean, left-wing idiots Mm -hmm. who convinced him to do that to get his vote. And yes, he's going to. He's going to alienate himself from the average American. And the reason the groceries are so high is the inflation you talked about. You remember when he took office, he uh, stopped the Keystone Pipeline. Right. He um, 
made us go into our reserves, and I think they've, they've said we're, what, about 75% gone now on our reserves? They are in Louisiana. That's where they store it. Right, in the catacombs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, the old salt mines. Mm-hmm. Empty salt mines. Right. Salt dome. Yeah. <laughs> a natural formation. But at any rate, I was telling your producer that they had a program on uh, Sunday morning. I know you go to the Baptist Church. But uh, the Treasury Secretary was on Face the Nation. And you need to watch that. Janet Yellen, right? See it. Yeah. What? What's that? Janet Yellen? Well, whoever's the Treasury Secretary. That's her. And they, I told your producer, who's ever signature yeah. is on the dollar bill. Uh, they're saying that that Inflation Reduction Act was the tipping point into where the United States will become insolvent. And so what they're trying to do is grab all that uh trillion dollars that they passed for buying votes, they're trying to put that back in the Treasury to hope inflation will go down, because you know when Hitler got a hold in uh, Germany... When inflation skyrocketed, yeah, they were the Weimar Republic. Around in wheelbarrows. Yes, Weimar Republic. They were, uh, they were, uh, they were carrying around uh, wheelbarrows of cash that was to get a simple thing that would have been, you know, five, ten bucks, yeah. The paper money, paper yeah, money, exactly. fiat money. Yeah. But, but at any rate, Biden has just about turned our money into fiat money at the $34 trillion mark. You know, we were wondering where the tipping point would be, mm-hmm. and according to that CBS Face the Nation, you need to look at it. Um, the tipping point was thirty-four trillion. Yeah, look, the whole there was no such thing as Inflation Reduction Act. It was just a new Green Deal thing. That's all it was. But um, do you think that by bullying grocery stores and attacking them somehow that could bring the prices down? Do you think Joe Biden's down to something here, blaming them? Let me give you the latest uh, Facebook uh, Joe Biden joke. He pulls in and he says, uh, I want a hamburger and french fries, please. And the lady told him, said, look, sir, you're at a car wash. Yeah. Well, tonight he actually tonight he also said on tape, which I can play it for you. He said that uh, he said he met with was meeting with uh, Francois Mitterrand, the president of France, who has not been the president for 25 years. Um, he recently met with Mitterrand. I've got that audio. Anyways, but do you think bullying the grocery store will lower the prices for us as Joe's doing? Well, um. Bullying them, attacking them? I, I, I see no logical way it was happening. I'm going to be Dr. Spock. Yeah. That's not logical, Joe. Right, exactly. I appreciate your call. Thank you, Jim. Appreciate it very much. Anyways, he said that, uh, that here we go, Francois Mitterrand, he met with him, the former French president who, uh, who died in 1996. Hold on. From Fox News. Here we go. Let me get un- unmuted here. Hold on. Said, uh, right, right, right after I was elected, I went to a, what they call a G7 meeting, all the NATO leaders. I was in, I was in the south of England, and I sat down and I said, "America's back." And Mitterrand from Germany, I mean from France, looked at me and said, uh, "said, you know, why, why, how, how long are you back for?" Okay, so Francois Mitterrand, he met with him. How are you meeting with him? He's been dead for 20, 25 years or whatever. 
Isn't that amazing? Joe Biden thinks he met with a man who's been dead for 25 years. Now throw that into the, the woman Jackie something or the Jackie Spires or something like that, I think it was, from Indiana who died. She was instrumental in passing a bill. Remember Joe at that meeting was like, and, and Jackie, Jackie, where's Jackie? And everybody's like, are you kidding? The woman died a month ago. Uh, one month ago. The woman, uh, Jackie, died. You called her husband and uh, c- consoled her in her death. And then a month later, you're talking about where is she? This guy, this is why he will not do. A, he just said today he's not going to do a uh, an interview at uh, with uh, the Super Bowl. For a second year in a row, he's declining an interview at the Super Bowl. He's hiding. Because when he does speak, it's bad, 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 bad. The um, folks in Connecticut are freaked out over groceries while inflation is uh, is still going down, supposedly. Every time I come to the grocery store, something comes up or goes up, and a lot of somethings go up, says uh, a woman from uh, Meridian, Connecticut. Grocery prices are indeed high, said an associate professor of economics at University of Connecticut. I'm surprised every time I go to the store and I'm looking at $6 for a box of cereal or something used to be 3 or $4. It's a little shocking to go in and just see how high prices are. Don't worry, guys. Joel yell at him, even though it's his fault. The energy to turn the to keep the heat on and keep the refrigeration on and to keep the lights on has gone up tremendously. The energy that fuels the trucks that bring the uh, this to the to the store, the fuel for that has gone up incredibly. The insurance for their vehicles that that deliver stuff, the, the workers uh, uh, pay everything. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. If you sacrifice your dream for the sake of satisfying someone else, that can often lead to ongoing resentment, which then poisons a relationship subtly, slowly, but it does. And if he doesn't want to let you down, then your dreams matter. Afford Anything, wherever you listen.